0: previously on Gotta Get Out of This Town. Oh, I definitely feel like I'm getting sucked and fucked.
1: Who are you? Why should we care? Well, I'm Sam, and you probably shouldn't, to be honest.
0: Coheed and Cambria is a progressive rock band.
1: It's such a frustrating thing that the prize fighter Inferno, and I'm just like, yeah, 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 okay, I know what that's about. We should
0: probably break down some of the comic. And, to be clear,
1: that fence was put there by God.
0: I know they don't explain that Apollo is her dog. The
1: events listed in the album don't matter at all.
0: And if you find most of their metal bits, you can bring them back to life. No one will do this for Coheed or Cambria.
2: Are they creepy or wet?
0: At
1: least they're wet, and the wetness can be removed.
0: Uh, I would definitely poison three of my four children in the night. Don't
1: they fight a bunch of people? That's the song. And, And feels emotions while fighting.
3: I'm just a teenage doomsday baby.
4: And now, for The Longer Way to the Climax. I hate this town. I hate this fucking town.
3: I don't even want to be in this town. And I know we're to leave this town. Gonna take this down, I yeah. You know this must be running mouth. This fucking town. We can leave this town. I'm walking on the grass and I've never seen this sound. She's got dreams too big for this town.
4: Hello and welcome to Gotta Get Out of This Town, a 2000 pop punk and emo pop retrospective. I'm as always Elaine, and with me, this is a two-parter, so it's the same people as last time. It's Adam, it's Sybil, and it's our British guest, well, Minecraft-accented guest Sam. We are back once again to continue talking about In Keeping Secret of Silent Earth 3, the only record by Coheed and Cambria on our spreadsheet, and last time we left at some place during the record, so I'm gonna make it quick, and, uh, Sybil, what, what did we left at? What, what, what are the first songs that we... there's no intro here, this is a two-parter, go listen to the previous episode for context, but... Uh, what, what did we left off? What is next? What is the next song? If you want context, if you want a longer intro, please go listen to episode 69 part one, where is the first half of this recording. Sybil, Help?
0: We're gonna pick back up with the crowing. Love.
4: The song. It's incredibly flat. There's not a lot of interesting going on. Uh, the um, There's a good like trashy chugga chugga in the bridge. It's a good turn. And then it ends with the standard, you know, big, epic prog ending. It's, all in all, an incredibly boring song, musically.
0: Interesting. Uh, I thought this was the most interesting musically so far, with the exception of uh, Three Evils. Okay. Okay.
4: You do, you. Talk to us about it.
0: Yeah, I like it. It has an actual break in it, their structure. Like, we had a nine-minute track as the second track, but it didn't really feel like it was broken into anything other than long. This has interludes and a chorus and a chant that comes out through the end, and it actually feels like a story song.
2: I this is disagree.
0: <laughs> really?
2: Yeah. I, listening to this one, I was like, okay, so this has nothing going for it. The guitar is boring. The vocals, goodness knows, are not much. There's six minutes of it. It's mim- This whole album is mixed weirdly loud. Like, I have my computer turned down to the lowest volume settings and it's still too loud for me. Um, and then it's, it's like, oh, the guitar's doing something interesting. Um... It's not fixing anything, though. I still have to listen to six minutes of this god-awful song.
4: I think you might just not like prog music, Adam. You don't like long songs. It's...
2: I... It is distinctly possible, but this one just, like... It didn't have anything going for it to make it worth it for me to listen to six minutes of song. There are long songs that I enjoy, one of the most played songs on my personal music library is 10 minutes long. It's better than this.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna second you there, Adam. Um, I, I, I don't mind long songs. I, I, I don't. Like, there's, there's nothing here that is like ostensibly wrong. I just find it kind of monotonous. Um, it's just like they establish a pattern and then the pattern is maintained. At a point where I'm just like, you can't justify this length, you know. Like, do do something fun, switch it up, like you know. It it feels, uh, yeah. I I it can't it can't justify its length. Um, it's true for a lot of songs in this album, in my opinion at least.
0: No, I'll agree with you on that. I just think this one actually fits for me with the break and the swap in the end.
2: What's the story about?
0: This is basically. Two different tracks glued together by the bridge where we cut back to the dog.
2: Listen, if I wanted media about characters named Apollo, I'd go play more Ace Attorney.
4: But that's the bad Ace Attorney game. Don't come at me, Apollo Justice fan. That game is still bad. (laughs) That game is still bad.
2: Okay, it's not as bad as literally every game that comes after it. (laughs)
4: I like the 3DS games. Well, I like the one 3DS game that I played. Which one? I haven't had the first 3DS game.
2: Gods, no. Fucking train wreck of a timeline. I don't care. Athena is great. Athena is great. She should have gotten her own game instead of them giving her half a game and giving Apollo half a game. She should have gotten her own game. But they didn't do that. It was terrible.
0: Hey, speaking of Apollo and halves. (laughs) Are you ready to learn the lore of the crowing?
4: (laughs) The dog died,
0: I assume. No. No. Uh,
4: uh, Is this uh, a a formal
2: little alchemist situation?
0: Probably not. (laughs) I don't know. I never finished that. Uh, The crowing is basically Jesus in this setting. It is a title that is about Claudio, who is seeing apparitions of his dead dad, who is alternatively nagging him and going, Come on, boy, do a genocide for good. And at this point, we are introduced to Ambelina, a member of the Prize who burned her wings off to be more human so she could watch over Claudio. You
2: know, that sounds like a plot point in the Tinkerbell novelization book series.
1: Damn it. I, I was literally, <laughs> I was just going to say, Ambelina is the most, like, like, quaint old doll that has come to life name I can imagine. Uh, it, it's, it's, uh, they, and they in the graphic novel they do this whole thing about, like, her name where he's just like, uh, I'm going to call you Amy, and she's like, "That's not my name." And then oh, I'm gonna call you Lena, and she's like, "That's not my name." And then I'm gonna call you Belle. and she's like, "That's not fair enough." I would That's still kill money. you, though. You know, they've got this whole like, you know, sexual tension. You know, we, you Gosh. know, slap, slap, kiss, kiss thing, know. and it is uh, really heart racing. You know, I was crying, I was laughing, it was uh, incredible you, <laughs> you don't know her fate, do you, Sam? Uh, I don't think so. I. S-
0: Oh my god, I so have to get to the end of this episode so I can reveal to you the next book.
4: But anyhow, so the angel, Jesus, what's happening? The crowing is Jesus?
0: The crowing is the Messiah, and it's also not the only name he gets. Uh, He is the character, the crowing, the boy, and the
4: rabbit at
0: different times.
4: The cerebral assassin! The game! Triple H.
2: The same guy that we've been talking about the whole time?
0: The one who's talking to the dog and who found his cousin
1: in the sewer, yeah. Okay. To, and to be clear, this character has got... like I, I, I mean, uh, this is just for the graphic novel thing. This is also why I do believe that, like... There is, like, an element, if if suddenly it turns out that Pure flicks wanted to, like, take this storyline over, they could do it so seamlessly, it would be sort of uncomfortable. Like, it's so close, it's so close to, like, Christian science fiction. Like, just God being just canonically existing, and everyone's like, yes, we all agree that he exists, and that he's cool, and here he is. And, like, the bad guy being the one guy who's like, God doesn't exist, he's a, yeah, I'm a god, ha ha ha! Um, But also the fact that Claudio, Claudio Kilgannon is a sort of skinny white man with a big mane of like brown hair and a beard. Uh, And later on when he, uh, you know, spoiler alert, sort of taps into his powers, he goes from like slightly scruffy looking to, oh, I've seen this guy hanging up in a picture of a little old lady... Uh, in Little O'Lady's house. Um, he goes straight <laughs> to, like, oh, it's Jesus. Oh, okay. it's Jesus. Great. So, it's the
3: white man Jesus.
2: It's always yeah.
1: Jesus. Yeah, white man Jesus. It's always the, Jesus. The, the most prevalent and your commonal garden white man Jesus, yeah.
4: Okay, so the crowing is the Messiah. What happens in the song? Well, this is where
0: he gets harangued by the ghost of his dead dad and... Finally starts coming around to accepting, all right, shut up. God, I know I'm a teenager. I know I had to leave the house. I'll get a job as Jesus. And that's when the (laughs) angel who burned off her wings comes down and is like, cool, I can start talking to you openly now. Let's go plot.
1: That's uh, interestingly, That's not what happens in the graphic novel, at least. She's been around for a while. She's also haranguing him um the mm-hmm. whole time and like while they sort interesting, of like cause baby this is flirt. where she
0: shows up in the album
1: interesting yeah that's true yes that's a very good point in the album she suddenly shows up here that's very true in the graphic novel she's just been around for like ages she-, she gets like introduced in the first one she's just been like lurking around she's she's interacted with him they've argued about you know him she's all like you must seize your destiny and he's like destiny and then you know just fill in the rest of the you know conversation You must seize your destiny, too. (laughs) Before the voucher expires. No, they've destroyed all the DLC I
4: paid for. I can't go back.
1: The season pass is about to expire. Please seize your destiny, too.
4: Okay, I think we're done with this one. We are. Yeah. Let's go to my favorite song. I'm gonna defend this song with my fucking claws. It's Blood Red Summer. (laughs)
2: Forever, Ellie.
1: Yeah, you cancelled. You have no idea what the song's about, do you?
4: This is—I this is, don't care. This is a banger. This is just like a chill, sort of like almost indie rock song. <laughs> it's really fun. Like the guitar almost never goes heavy on the song. It has this chill, sort of like indie vibe going on. It has like a surf rock solo. It's uh, it's upbeat. It has a good chorus. Um, I really like the song. This is a fun song. And it has the dumbest video ever. So, the video is somehow... They did a video for this record and it's completely unrelated to the meta plot. What a choice. They do
1: two videos for this record. Neither of them, I think, are related.
0: Ah, there's an alternate version of the other one. We'll get there.
2: I was like... Watching this on all of these on YouTube and so I'm like, Oh, there's a music video for once. For this podcast. I will watch the music video. Um, but it was really boring and the kid was watching um, Barbie uh, Life in the Dreamhouse on TV and so I watched that instead. Hell yeah. That's good stuff. <laughs> it is. Um, but this one is catchy and most importantly, under five minutes long.
4: This is a pop song. And that, I feel that's where this record works the best, when they make pop songs. <laughs> yeah. This is a good pop
0: song. (laughs) The singles are all very pop punk. They're short, they're punchy. This is a pretty good one. This song was uh, popular enough. It was included on PSP promo UMDs, packed in with the (laughs) system at times. Amazing. Amazing. How 2000s can you get that this was
4: burned to a UMD? It's, it's, it's an achievement. Very few things have been burned on UMDs in the context of, like, world media. That puts this up there with Jackass and American Dad Season 1. <laughs> yeah, that tracks. What's
2: a UMD?
4: Oh, they're the little CDs for the PSP. They were little, t- tiny, really tiny CDs. Oh. Or really tiny DVDs, I guess. Encased into a U-shaped... um a uh, thing in case you know you ship oh, yeah. case and you I
2: remember those. I just didn't know what they were called.
4: Yep. Yeah, they're the best. Universal media discs. Yeah, sometimes I just think about UMDs. It's one of the things where like sometimes you're just in your house, sort of hanging around, and you're like, Oh, UMDs were cool. They lasted for like three years and then no one put stuff on them.
1: I just saw something so, yeah, that killed this... my blood. Oh, Yes, I, uh, I I decided to have a look at the, uh, the graphic novel stuff, and I thought that this was the first page. And now I'm terrified. <laughs>
2: Let's yes! take a look. Yes!
1: <laughs> You've learned a secret! Oh no.
2: <laughs> okay, I'll read it oh, out no. for the listeners. If should decide to dabble in my affairs, then guardians must intervene. But... Should I come forth and change the face of man with you there to challenge me, then I shall return to the stars to destroy all I have made. Whether man or I present that danger will not be told in the coming. Signed, God.
1: But <laughs> what you have pointed out is a quotation that has been, if I'm honest, said over and over and over again in the goddamn graphic novel. They won't sharp about this. It makes no goddamn sense. The thing that scared me is that God is writing on a typewriter.
4: Mm-hmm. It's like supernatural. Oh, it, fuck. it is
2: typed on a typewriter. Nice and neat.
0: Fuck it. Fuck it. We're doing this now. Yeah, God's a novelist. Uh, Again? Yes! yes!
2: Come on. Yes!
0: Yes!
4: Yes! <sighs> it's supernatural. Literally. Yes!
2: Nothing I hate more. Yes!
1: This piece of fiction... It's a piece of fiction.
0: We'll go into this at the end, but um, yeah, this is a piece of fiction, and God is a novelist who has a name, and a lot of the plot of the next album is introducing God and his self-loathing a 10-speed bicycle.
2: Man, hashtag not all novelists.
4: (laughs) That's not a joke. Hashtag yes, all novelists. I'll cut you. Okay, so this song, what is this song about? I like the song. Ruin it for me. Go. Oh, by the way, the video the video for this one is uh the singer, the big hair, uh big stage presence, yeah. Claudio Singer, not character. Um, he is building things, It's like barricading a house, is doing like prepper shit, and then it turns out it's zombies invading. And he tries to fight the zombies, but he loses, and then he becomes a zombie. It's an incredibly dumb little video, and I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed this song. Best song on the record. This is fun. What's this about? Screwing it for me.
0: Oh, it's just him, uh, it's just him, like, being conflicted with himself and going, Hey, uh, Angel, please don't tell everyone that I'm the crowing yet. I'm still kind of... Figuring this out, realizing I might have to kill all of humanity. And she's like, okay,
4: bro.
2: Don't out me as Jesus yet, dude.
4: That's it. Wait, I thought that the fact that it was Jesus meant that it didn't have to kill all of humanity. No, no, no. this is a, a story where genocide might be for good.
1: Yeah. Oh. If I'm honest, in the graphic novel, they don't really lean too much on the genocide aspect. It's just much more just, you know, take your destiny, defeat Ryan. Ryan must be defeated. Why don't you want to defeat Ryan? You should take your destiny, use your destiny. Like, that's, there's no real, like, out, like, out and out, you know, you should do a genocide, please. It's, uh, it's largely just sort of generic, sort of heroic posturing, so. Yeah.
0: yeah, his dad's been haranguing him for years and the album to go, all right, you gotta kill everyone. And part of the crowing, or Blood Red Summer is, so are you still down to kill everyone if like your cousins and your nephews and your relatives are among everyone? And he's like, I gotta think about that.
4: <laughs> yeah, I imagine you would. Um, anyone else has anything else to say about this? No. Then we go to the next song Give me a second This is a long title The Camper Velorium One Faint of Heart You pronounced it wrong The Camper Velorium One Faint of Heart There we go Is that better?
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not gonna give you what you want Listen, that shapes your voice carries my ears. This new disease. Did somebody take your time? It worries out the words that you couldn't say, they could have said. So,
0: I'm gonna just start off with a cursed fact about this. Well, apparently there was a half-decade argument about what these next three tracks are supposed to be named. It refers to a spaceship. The original CD called it The Valorium Camper. The first comics, maybe all the comics, agreed, but then the re-release of the album and the box-set version calls it the Camper Valorium, and the band keeps calling it and abbreviating it as TCV in interviews and on their websites. Either way, nobody wins in that I had to explain this.
3: <laughs>
0: no?
4: Uh, I like the song. This is a basic they stole a fallout boy track. This is where it's like, oh I could see this being sort of pop punk influences influenced. Because Especially the vocal melody, it's incredibly Fall Out Boy on this. While the guitars are doing sort of like a bit of a harder thing. The it's a sad sort of affair when I have to say about a prog metal band that the drummer is not as good as Fall Out Boy's drummer. <laughs> um, but it isn't like Fall Out Boy. I actually really like Andy Hurley. I think it's is the name of a Fall Out Boy drummer. I think it's like very good. Like um, you know, uh, what's the name? Um... Uh, Newfound Glory-like drumming on the song, and this on this one it's not that prominent. It's more of a vocal melody song, there's less half drumming on it. But I don't know, this is another fun enough song. It gets muddled, I don't like the second half with all the different bits and the bridges, it sort of makes it less pop, which is, I feel, where, the, where this band works less. But then it goes back into the, the fun, poppy feel of the song. Unlike the previous one, where it was basically a pop song, even in the instrumentation, like the previous song doesn't go hard at all, it's like indie rock guitars. This one goes back into the hard guitar, so it's like more of a mix between, you know, the poppiness and the metal. But it's still leaning very heavily on the poppiness, and it's fun, and yeah. I could see people being angry at I could see prog fan why prog fan were angry at these people, because, of course, if you're a prog fan in 2003, you fucking hate, like, pop-punk and emo and all that, like, sort of, like, poppy stuff. And this is basically, like, it's not a punk song, because the instrumentation is very not punk, the instrumentation is harder. But it it, it is vocally, and melodic vocal-wise, sort of a fellow boy song, and I could imagine the... The angry birded people on the internet being very angry at this for having girl voice, <laughs> quote unquote. But I like it. See, let's <laughs> go. <cool>. The thing <laughs>
2: is, is that I, maybe not so much these days, but definitely growing up, I was a huge Fall Out Boy fan. Um, however, they fucking hated the vocals on this.
4: <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I mean, no, <sighs> no. I, I I am the first to say that Patrick Stamp is a really good singer, and I like him better than Claudio on and Cambria*. Claudio and Cambria*. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I, I I still like those vocals. I think they're very distinctive, and he has a good energy. But, what yeah.
2: got me about this song was the fucking coo 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 that they were just throwing in. <laughs> Oh, yeah. what? what was that yes. about? Beetle reference. What was that about? I don't know.
0: It's it's explicitly
4: a Beatles reference.
2: I don't know Beatles yeah. <laughs> references. Y'all know. I'm not old enough to know those. I am the
4: Eggman. I am the Eggman. Cuckoo Kachoo. Yeah, this
0: is from I Am the Walrus off their most psychedelic album.
2: I... Okay. The
0: lyric is Eggman, and then the song is I Am the Walrus, which he screams out before Cuckoo Kachoo.
2: I... Mm-hmm. What? I... Uh, that That is worse choices than I thought that they were making. Um,
0: oh, just wait. This, <laughs> uh, this
2: song dragged, and it like dragged in a way that stretched it into the next song seamlessly, which is worse because the next song is also long, and this one is long, and why would you do that to your poor, poor listeners? Hmm, Coheed and Cambria? So, Adam, mm-hmm.
0: in their defense, that is intended because this is The Camper Velorium 1, Faint of Hearts. We are in a three-song saga.
2: It's a suit! But it sucks! Make a good three-song saga, bitches. It's a suit! It sucks! Make a better one! It's a suit! Make a better one! I'll like it if they make a better one.
1: Does anybody have any opinions on the lyrics?
2: Oh, let me go look at the lyrics. I'm not...
0: I'm not telling them until we
4: get through it further. Fair enough.
2: Um okay, nope. I'm looking at them now.
4: It's about choking someone. I'm reading the second line. hmm Ah. Uh, Is it like the fan type of choking or the bad uh,
3: one?
0: Little
4: bit of both. <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, Claudio Sanchez said this came out of the fact that he was in a long distance relationship with a woman, but they discovered phone sex while they were, you know, touring around in the van. So, it kind of makes him feel weird singing it now, because he just thinks of, you know, jerking it ten feet from his bros while he was
4: <laughs> on the road. I, um,
3: jerking with the bros. Uh, I mean, well. It's
4: classic uh, bonding. Get closer to the bros, Claudia. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Why am I on this podcast?
0: <laughs> because you love us. Because you want to learn about the Camper valorium 2, Back End of Forever.
4: Oh, so there is, is, is this just about, like, jerking off? There's no
1: actual well, plot? Oh, there is. There's... Now, does anybody want to have a guess? Like, does anybody just... Okay, you've heard a lot of lore, right? Uh, both of you who are who have been untouched by the terrible knowledge um, sealed yeah. within this world. Um, I am
4: once again the virgin on the podcast. <laughs> um...
1: <laughs> but could, do you think you might have enough to take a guess... To get a stab, stab at what this might be about. Or who it might be about.
2: It's either something fucked up about the uh, six year old, or it's something fucked up about the uh, angel uh, Alina Bella girl getting murdered.
0: (laughs) Close but no cigar.
4: Close. I am gonna assume. I'm gonna assume this is. Sizer? What's his name? No, Sizer is
1: dead. dead. This Sorry, is dead. Scyther's back to life this again. Is doing so, this is doing something. This is back again.
0: Yeah, Sizer is going to be revived on this ship. Yeah.
4: Okay, but I'm going to assume this is maybe Cloud you doing something fucked up? Nope. Let's go into back end of Forever then.
0: Well, we'll revisit this on the third track. Do we get a new guess every time uh, a new one? Yes, In we're going to have okay. you guess before the reveal. Alright, so, uh,
4: Back End of Forever, it's, uh... No, 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 no. It's The Camper Velorium 2, Back End of Forever. Please say the whole title. Alright. It's important.
0: Consider that done. The Camper Velorium, part the second, Back End of Forever. Uh, this has space scatting at the end. This sucks.
4: (laughs) Uh, I don't like the song. I feel the harder they get go the less interested I'm in them and this is one of the hardest song on the record. And it's just sort of like it feels like oat. Like I've it's mediocre prog. Like prog ultimate It's fine, but I don't care about this. There is a bit where the guitar gets very loud and goes biddly biddly and I like that. Um but aside from that, this is this is one of the song where it's just like eh eh Go back to the pop stuff, please. I like that. I like the
1: um, I like the sort of creepy guitar opening riff. I think that's a good, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that's I that's nice. I mean, I, yeah. I wish they sort of played with it or did something with it, instead sort of just immediately sort of bursting into uh, the more generic sort of uh, wailing um, of the guitars. But uh, yeah, you know.
2: For it's... me, this is rock bottom of the podcast. <laughs> Like, there is nothing there. Nothing good, but not even anything bad enough for me to be, like, interested or incensed about. It's just five minutes of nothing, having not looked at the
4: lyrics. (laughs) I think that there's also this thing where, like, I don't think they understand concept records in that there is enough for this song but it doesn't flow musically into the song in any way. It's just like the song stops and now there's a piano going bling, 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 bling. And it's like, that that doesn't help anything. Like, it doesn't tell a story and it doesn't connect the tracks. Like, it's not connective tissue. it's just a random bit that you threw there at the end. I think they don't con- understand the concept of a concept album where, well. like, either... Your weird outro explains something about the story, or it's nice to listen to, and it, it's neither. It's yeah. Just a random bit at the end. I, the I did a
1: doodle about my opinion of this song, <laughs> uh, and I, I will just post it. While I was listening to the song, sure. that, that, that that is a doodle.
4: <laughs> okay, it's a graph for the people listening at home. It's a it, graph it, that it goes up and down and up and down and up and down.
2: Yes, it is stonks bad. <laughs> yeah.
1: It is. It's bit <laughs> <of fun. laughs>
0: So any guesses on what the Camper Velorium subplot is about yet? We've told you it's a spaceship. What do you think this cycle is covering now? Adam. Um, gee.
2: Um Is this guy in love with his spaceship? <laughs>
4: Okay, okay. Ellie. Is, the, is this about a character that we've met already? If you well, are read... We're
1: meeting it's them... about that guy. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it... We're meeting
0: them through this trilogy.
1: Yes, in the album. But in the graphic novel, they have been present from the first few pages.
4: Ugh. Yep. I... I have, if I cannot hold on to the few lore that have been already imparted to me, I have no idea. Okay. Let's go on to the Camper Valorium Part
0: 3 Al the Killer. Let's just get to the elephant in the room. Who knows the chorus to this song?
4: Oh, wait a second. I have a. I, I have. A, I have a thing. I have a thing. Um. Also, I'm. Um. This last song says "Over and Out, Connecticut." Is there a Connecticut in this universe? Yes, it's a ship. We'll talk about that. In oh, a okay. 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 Yeah. Okay, Camper Valerium Three. Um. I sort of like the song. Um, it's, it has this incredibly bad verses that go into like a really poppy chorus, which I think is sort of fun. It's like a fun blend of genres. It's like incredibly bad on the verses, the um, verses. It's like and then the chorus is sort of again a followed by chorus, and it's like. Okay, this feels like a fun song. This feels like you're back having fun with this music instead of just doing prog metal oats. Um, I don't mind this one. It's not one of my favorite. Well, it's like, of course, it's like top half, but it's not, you know, it's not on the same level of the tracks I really like, but I enjoy this one. I can enjoy this one. Oh! So,
2: I got an unskippable ad for Cox Wi Fi at the beginning of this and I've thought, oh thank god, a break from this
4: suite. Um They do repeat a uh, die white girls, die white girls. They do the song, <laughs> that's the chorus. Um <laughs> So you know, maybe maybe don't don't sing this don't hum the song when you're in public. Okay. Uh sorry, um, go on Adam.
2: This is closer to the sound I was expecting at the start. Um but it's mixed too loud, and this song drags like the corpse behind the Camper Valorium spaceship that is the first two tracks. Despite not being that much over four minutes, it still feels. Just as long as all the other god awful long songs on this. Not a fan.
4: It has some fun backing vocals. The backing vocals are very different from the rest of the backing vocals in this record. They're very filtered, which I think it's. Yeah, a fun see choice. that that was
2: closer to the sound I was expecting. But it's not enough to save it at <laughs> this stage in the album.
4: Fair enough. Yeah. Why is this person killing white girls? No. I wanna know why this person is killing white girls specifically.
2: Yeah. The pilot guy, Ted, is secretly a serial killer and he's uh you know, gotta make that clear after being a fun goofy guy, and now he's gotta be evil and then die immediately.
1: I mean, honestly it's that's actually not a bad read.
0: Yeah, that's actually um congrats, you put everything together at the end. Let me just show you how they represent Al in the comics. Um, but wait, can
1: I? Can I? Oh, all right.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. <laughs> I had
1: it ready. That's totally fair. I, I would like to. I'd like to show you the first <laughs> shot of Al in the comics. The first time we ever see this character. Okay. It's the first time we ever see okay, this character. One second.
4: I I would like Adam to describe these pictures after they have been posted. I'm not. <laughs> nope. I'll do it. This is just
1: the opening. Just- I- Welcome to this new character. <laughs> okay, Sabo, uh, dear. can you can
4: you
0: describe it for the people <laughs> at home? So, what we have to describe, with especially the chorus of this third track being "Die white girls, die white girls, die," is that Al is a pierced black man with a visible brain who is licking his knife, and his introduction to the comic is leaping out of a closet, towering over a woman who was just showering, who drops her towel. The camper is Al's spaceship. It is how Claudio and his crew are going to get off this planet. The entire second track is about Al feeling terrified and upset and hurt that all the women he wants to date are afraid of him when he does shit like this. And the end of that second track is where he murders his ex-girlfriend Lucy because she's going to go off and take another ship instead of settling down with him. The Connecticut.
1: Uh, Lucy is the woman that he is bursting out of a closet. Um, yeah.
0: I hadn't seen Lucy, so now I no, know. No,
1: that's so, so, I mean, it, it, she, she, this, these are the two shots of her we have. This and, like, one other page. By the way, this is page 16 of issue number one. So he's a very important character.
0: <laughs> he will actually, by the end of this song, try to perform his usual trick on Ambelina, which is numbing them and then killing them in the way that is described in the first track of this suite. You know, hands around neck, legs stretching out as he does it. Yeah.
1: So I'm gonna from memory, I'm gonna I'm gonna go over the, the various um the vignettes we see this uh this character in. Um, which is him dating various women, calling them Lucy, um, him stabbing the women, um, him leading one into a big old uh, sort of frozen storage area with a bunch of naked women hanging on hooks, um, saying that he wants to take their faces or some shit at one point. There's there something going on with that. Oh, you look exactly like Lucy. And so there's a bunch of corpses hanging from things. Um, then uh, then um yes, yeah, so Claudio um and Ambolina get on the uh the Camper Valorium uh, to get to Planet Name Y. Um uh and in doing so, Ambolina finds the weird uh the I guess slaughterhouse that he has in his spaceship. Um and then the Uh, by the way, fun fact, this, 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 uh, this graphic novel has a long and storied history of having a, uh, wingless angel who is taking on supernatural things consistently get overwhelmed by men who are being very rapey to her. Just a note. Like, if, if there's implied sexual violence there, then somehow she doesn't have super strength anymore. But if it's just a bunch of, like, faceless mooks with guns, she can just punch straight through their heads. Whatever, you know, probably nothing, right? Probably coincidence. Um... But uh and then Al um uh sneaks up behind her, as mentioned, she has no super strength, super hearing, super senses, she's an angel. Um uh sedates her, uh, and then uh starts making various references about uh like plunging a long, hard thing into her with a knife and then going, but I can think of something else I could use. Uh and yeah. So we've got a we've got some this isn't even the last we see of Al. So.
2: so what I'm hearing is that my first guess about it being something bad happening to Anvilina was spot on.
4: <laughs> Can someone explain to me why people write this thing? <laughs> so there's a fact
0: I learned about doing backstory on this band, which I wasn't going to bring up until I discovered the saga of Al the Killer. Let's just go back to my notes. Coheed and Cambria, or the trio that would eventually mutate into the final form, came together as shabuti, a term that meant naked prey in the film The Naked Prey. The Naked Prey is a 60s film wherein a bunch of white people go to darkest Africa and offend the tribe's folk. And so a the party is murdered brutally by the tribesmen until the final one, their guide, is politely allowed to flee and have a sporting chance of it because he was never rude, and the rest of the film is him running from stereotypes past some Middle Eastern slavers at one point who are, you know, quoting the Quran, and gets back to a civilized colonial fort where he is saved by British people with guns, who... He gives a nod to his hunters as he does it, and they all nod because it's like, yes, this is fair. You have done it, Naked Prey. That takes on a whole different meaning as the source of your band when you have stuff like this.
4: Yeah. Yep. Yep.
0: I will also say, there is an excellent Roger Ebert quote about the Naked Prey, which was contemporary because a lot of film... People at the time were praising this, and it's gritty, look at the jungle. Roger Ebert went, this film is bullshit, because guess what? Doesn't matter how many degrees you have, if you go down there, you're going to be dead in ten minutes. You're not going to outrun an entire set of tribesmen who hunt for a living. I like Roger Ebert.
1: I like Roger Ebert, too. And also, I mean, like, that shit just doesn't happen, I'm afraid. I mean... You know, it's, yeah. it's that, like, like, tale, tales of like, like, there's this uh, infamous story of a, um, of a, a, a trust fund kid who, uh, who went to, um, live with some, like, uh, pre modern people, let's say, in, uh, in South America. And these people were supposedly, uh, supposed, supposedly cannibals. Uh, and he vanished. Um, and nobody ever heard of him again. Um, but then 10 years later, there is a photograph. Uh, of a bunch of them, like, going hunting, and there was just one middle-aged white guy there with them. (laughs) And uh, uh, completely naked, you know, like, living exactly as they're living. And it's just like, hmm, huh, yeah, looks like they really ate him, or, I don't know, maybe the guy found peace somewhere else in the world. Did they
2: mistranslate the word, uh, adopt for
1: eat, or...? Uh, yeah, it's a weird thing. Um, see, also, uh, there's a lot of historical stuff with um, with early uh, early uh, colonists in America. Um, they there are letters sent from uh, various um, governors uh, in in colonies. Like this is very early on, to be fair, very early on. Um, of uh, basically complaining of the fact that so many of their workers, um, if they ever uh, lived with any Native Americans, would refuse to return back to their towns and villages. <laughs> Because... There's a very
0: good um, Western about this that I'm going to have to remember the name oh, of. Oh, really? Now. It's one of the final East, not Eastwood, um, John Wayne movies where he is explicitly the villain because he is so racist. His daughter has been kidnapped by one of these tribes, and it's about how there's this second gunslinger traveling with their posse to try and find this tribe, get the kids back. But John Wayne is so racist He's like, we gotta get her back before she's too tainted and we gotta put her down because she can't come back to society. And the other guy's like, what the fuck, man? This is your family. And the movie ends with Wayne, like, not getting to come back with the family because it's like, no, you are a huge racist piece of shit who just wanted to go out and murder rather than save your family. What the fuck? But, like, it's an actual, it's a very uncomfortable film, but it's one of the earlier works that's actually confronting. Hey, maybe this stereotype of the horrible people on the planes is uh, some bullshit.
1: Yeah, it, it's uh, it, it it is honestly nonsense, uh, and 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 historically, it's really backed up. Um, have you have you heard about the Roanoke thing?
2: Uh, I was just gonna bring that up.
1: Oh uh, go ahead.
2: I mean, the thing is, is that you know, uh, living in America, uh, uh we learned about Roanoke in school, in like. Third grade and oh it's such a mystery where these people could have gone we'll never know it's super spooky super scary you know they carved the name of the tribe that lives closest to their colony in the tree and then none of them were ever seen again and then you go and you ask the tribe and they're like oh yeah you know yeah, they came to live with us. I mean, uh, a bunch of people in our tribe to this day have, you know, lighter skin and blue eyes, which would not uh, have happened unless these people came and joined our tribe. So, you know, it's fine. They didn't want to live with the, the in the place where that uh, fucker abandoned them for a couple of years. Winters were hard. We all joined up. It was fine. It's like, oh... Yeah.
1: It's it's pretty consistent the the case that most like colonists found their lives much harder than the uh the Native Americans did. Um which which is, is, is funny. Um I do have one sort of other sobering thing, which is um in looking in, in quickly scanning to the graphic novel to get this image of Al uh, the killer, I also found some panels of the comic that made me feel a little bit weird. Um, so I'd love, to, I'd love to see a second opinion on this because, uh, when I, the, my first instinct when I saw this was, huh, and then, uh, and I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm being oversensitive here, but I would love to see
0: hey if, uh, I think I know what you're going for here.
4: Oh, oh, oh.
1: Yeah. Oh. Okay.
0: Well, I guess you also oh. had the same read on this that the rest of us might've.
4: It, it, it took a second. I didn't notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. So I'm just
0: no. going to put this in the most polite terms possible. Uh, Al and Lucy are wandering around, let's just say, their neck of the woods. I can't really tell where this is. And a pair of them are walking through the streets, and a gentleman who is wearing a cowboy hat who resembles a certain piece of, um, shall we say unfortunate iconography which may have been used by
1: a certain German party of the mid twentieth century a few times. They run into an anti Semitic caricature. Um a man with I was trying a, to
0: yeah. I was
4: trying to not say that openly. Sure. But I yes I mean
1: uh, we may as well, you know, let's call a spade a spade.
4: I gave the benefit of the doubt on the politics of Cohid and Cambria when I made a joke at the beginning of the saga I don't know if I would give them that um, that benefit of the doubt. No, it's a th- like you know, it's th- you start with a thing, and you're like, okay, that's just unfortunate. It's two things, and it's like it's like, well, that's very unfortunate. It's a lot of things now that I'm like yeah. looking at or hearing at from you, and I'm going, ah, ah. Uh. The only thing
0: I'm saying is I'm not blaming the artist of this. Company. That's it. His work and the fact that he is still employed and working with people who know better kind of says whatever happened here doesn't seem to carry over into the rest of his career.
2: But we can blame Coheed and Cambria. <laughs> I,
4: I, 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 yeah, I, I am blaming Coheden Cambria. I am, I am fine. Yeah, I'm- 100%. I'm not defending
0: Claudio Sanchez on any of this. This is some horseshit. Al the Killer is a terrible character.
2: Anyway, want to talk about the next song?
0: No, but let's do it anyway. (laughs) Well, let's get on to A Favor House Atlantic, which has a video that definitely made a few of us angry.
2: Barbie in Life in the Dreamhouse again.
4: I am still debating with myself if that video is transphobic or not.
0: It's questionable. I think it's supposed to be haha, a drag queen, but yeah, there's a joke that could easily be read as transpanic. Yeah,
4: um. This is another of those songs that's fine. This is very, very. Um, it's a single. Yeah, it's very Blood Red Summer. It's, it's fun, it's a fun pop song. It's just frog metal, but in the lens of breezy summer pop. And I'm not even looking at the lyrics, I don't care. Um, this is another fun song. The video is about, it's... The video is a a Bowling for Soup video. (laughs) It's, it's, it's a comedy video. There's, like, shenanigans happening. It reminds me of that Bowling for Soup video where the plot is the, the the band needs to pee. So, there's a second video for this song. Okay.
0: And apparently that one is animated and follows the, the titular couple the band is named for, Coheed and Cambria, on a little adventure. I'm guessing it must have been an extra on a DVD... Or something animated in Flash or something, because I can't find it anywhere, but I've seen reference to it.
2: R.I.P. Flash.
0: But yeah, this is another, this is a pop-punkier track. All the singles seem like some kind of poison pill to get you onto the album that sounds nothing like that.
4: It's weird. There are there are echoes of the singles on the album, but yeah, this is definitely poppier than everything else.
2: Yeah, I liked this one. It was kind of catchy. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Um, doesn't doesn't save the By album. Anyway,
4: the, the maybe transphobic joke on the video is that well, uh, the the whole of the video is the car the the members of the band... One of whose suffers from an incredible case of Twitch Streamer Face. Um, they're all trying to get laid at a bar. Um, and one of the joke is that one of the band sort of like taps a girl on the shoulder. The girl turn, turns and it's like, oh, it's a be. They have a beard. They're actually a guy. But then they like fuck anyway. So it's like, you're giving me mixed messages here, Koi and Cambria. <laughs>
2: Is this a diversity win or a diversity loss? I can't tell.
4: <laughs> yeah, I d- I don't know. I don't know. Also, just on the genius page for this track
0: is a handy diagram of the keywork and heaven's fence if you want to see what the band's logo is supposed to
4: be. Oh, there's a Jordan Peterson diagram. Yes. <laughs> there's the dragon of masculinity. <laughs> yes it is. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: Also, this song is the final appearance of Al the Killer, who Claudio converts into a thrall with his powers and sets up to murder as many Red Army individuals as he can to make their escape.
4: I see. Sure. Why not? Claudio can do that. You know, that's just a thing
1: Jesus does. He does it once. Uh, To be clear, we are now currently all in, I think, the last episode of the graphic novel.
4: Okay. Okay. I mean, there is a couple of tracks left. There is two tracks left after this one. We're almost done.
2: There, There is 20 minutes of music left.
4: I don't care. I The, the last two tracks are very long, and I don't care about them.
1: Yeah, I'm having a hard time mustering I... up my uh, enthusiasm here.
0: Uh, for what it's worth, let's just speed through the last official track and then the bonus track. I actually have some positives about the bonus track. Oh that was a bonus track. There is
1: one thing I have to oh? make note though. Yep. Uh we 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 weren't quite done with Al before he gets his mind overwritten. Um he he uh he attempts to um stab uh Chase the ten year old girl to death. Okay. There you go. That's, what, that's the last one. Why was, the why was, was Chase
0: there? She was nowhere in that song. Um, this is yeah. in the
1: final battle. Oh, yeah. No, um, it is right before he uh, he gets his brain hijacked. Uh, Chase is murdering people because she, she has reality warping powers and dissolves people into the meat paste. Uh, and then she's like, oh, I'm too weak. And then Al is like, ha, I'm going to kill this little girl with this knife. And it was like, oh, great. I love this character. Good addition. And then he gets brain, like, warped or whatever. Um, Claudia does that's it that's just and we're done with the character now that's bye all the good riddance things don't come back bye <laughs> yes
4: into the trash and then we go to the nine minute the light and the glass Oh shall I downer ballad outro. So, so far I said that I like Claudio's voice. Dude shouldn't whisper ever in his life. The, 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 the falsetto high whisper that he does throughout the song is incredibly funny. It's just not, it doesn't add drama or anything. It just makes me laugh. It just doesn't sound like something that you should be willingly put on a record. So, it's sort of like the, it's sort of like the little kid trying to put on a adult voice that Chris Carabado did in the last record of uh, Dutch Work Confessional. It's like, why would anyone in this band and production thought this was fine to put on a record? It sounds incredibly funny. Fun fact, some of those whispers
0: are Claudio's mother's ghost now telling him to off the galaxy. He's only been seeing
4: dad before this point. Yeah, okay. I, I meant Claudio the singer, not the character. Oh, I know, I'm just yes. saying
0: that the the okay. actual things that Claudio the singer is whispering are Cambria the mother's ghost.
4: And yeah, this song basically kills any momentum the record had. Uh, this last two songs. Um, after a couple of really good pop songs, this is just like a dirge. It's a cheesy ballad, and it doesn't work, and I don't care. It has an okay outro. That's it. But the outro starts when there's three minutes left in the song, so you're like, is this an outro? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? I don't care. Th- this is a this is a low, low on the tier of this record.
0: I think the actual outro to the outro is the strongest part of this, and it's one of the most prog portions. The long chant of Pray For Us All feels like the good end to a concept
1: album. True. I agree, actually. I think I find the ending of this song actually decent. It's just the rest of it, you it's, you know. if terrible. Adam.
2: I was like, oh, this song is kind of slow. I don't think it's too bad. Oh, it's over nine minutes long. Fuck it. I'm going to listen to this at 1.5 times speed to make it more bearable. Sounds pretty good at 1.5 times speed, I gotta say. Until about the five minute mark, and then it's like, Uh, does this sound better at normal speed? No? No, it's bad at any speed? Okay, cool.
0: Yeah, in the second third, they go a little more rock than ballad.
2: The outro, like the very, very end of it with like a little twinkle music, I did like that. It was nice.
0: I did not actually pick it up because it had been over an hour since I heard it at first, but that is the music from the Ring and Return played on a glockenspiel
2: yeah I love glockenspiels. okay
4: what if this track about lore masters about <laughs> lore it. masters
2: I
0: need your strongest lore
1: <laughs> <laughs> from what I've seen no one is entirely sure yeah
0: this one doesn't really show okay. up in the books from what it sounds like
1: yeah it, it's i I, if I had to take a guess it's probably something to do with like um uh, new <laughs> new woo <laughs> Uu, no Niwo Newo mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever Claudio's like girlfriend is. No Niwo. Niwo. <laughs> it you just, it's just a terrible name. It's 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 N-E-W O, which is just a, a fantastic Niwo. name. Um, Niwo Niwo burn <laughs> down WOM Niwo Wom's been boning <laughs>
3: Please.
1: Please cease this. Um, but uh yeah that's my guess. Um, the only thing I have notes Oh yeah, oh my god I, I found a note that just had the word uh, wah And Mario sound effects And then it literally, <laughs> as the song's playing in the background Because I've got it on softly Um, I, it happened So I could give you the exact timestamp For him going, wah hi hi <gasps> oh. <laughs> It's exactly Four minutes, thirty seconds
2: Alright
1: I love it just it just I, I could couldn't get it out of my head as a Mario sound effect. What? Uh, a Mario Ma-hi-ya-hi-yo. line. Wah so. <laughs> 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 Chris Pratt's new catchphrase,
0: <laughs> <No>.
1: <laughs> Yes, exactly. Uh but no, I, I have no idea what this is about. Um it's it's just sort of generic like Oh, uh, I do actually have a note which is the lyrics on this. The, the first half are just time filler. Pen touches paper, the guidance of the words that you write Memories roll into the things you once did and who you had shared them with is somebody thinking of you. Then this is like, did I bother telling you this with the words that cross teeth and jump lips? So words, a poor choice of words in wanting to tell you anything, but words don't come with ease. They're forever my hurt. And it's, it's, it's just like, oh, I need to tell you this. You know, telling is hard. Telling. With words. Words. Words are paper, painful sometimes. Or from my mouth. Please, just, just get to the point. The Oxford Dictionary defines telling us... <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's very like, you know, I'm telling you something on paper. I'm telling it to you with words. From my mouth. Different. This thing that I'm telling you. Anyway, on to the next verse. I can't say, just Just... Speak. Um, but yeah, it's... This song is fine. Whatever, no. no opinion.
0: I like the I like the outro of this outro. That's it. That's the most I'll give it. I'm more upset about the bonus. Trophy.
4: track i thought it was the it's not noted as a bonus track in spotify so originally this was
0: non-stop. track 23 after tracks i believe it's 13 through 22 are all collectively known as a whole lot of nothing being silence and all future printings of this album just add this in officially
4: okay uh Um, I also don't care about this track, but please talk to us about it. So this starts out with a bit of a
0: psychedelic rock bit to it as the background. And I was really interested because I'd been hearing, oh, yeah, these guys get more prog after this. Maybe I should look into the next album. Maybe this is their experiment on that journey. But then it starts whiplashing between the psych rock bit and more generic butt rock guitar so then the psych rock stuff stops at about three minutes and then the last 90 seconds or so is basically just a direct quote from the prior album and that's when i learned all of this is just doing stuff off of the second or the first album instead of anything that really hits for me and it's not where they're going it's where they were this is their prior sound
1: Right. Wasn't fond of it. Huh. Yeah, I, I I confess I like the syncopated bit. I I I think I had the same the same effect where I was just like, Oh, they're doing something. That's not the same thing they've been doing for the last forty minutes. I'm I'm perking up and then it, it, it they sort of just stop, essentially. And and yeah, and my interest again wanes to, to it nothing. It got
0: my hopes up more than anything else on the album and then let me down when I found out it was what they discarded. It wasn't where they were moving towards. I want something like this out of my prog.
1: If I'm completely honest, I don't even see much prog rock in this. Like, I, I, I'm not... Just in any of it, you know, like, if somebody told me this is prog rock, I would I'd be skeptical. I, I, I would ask for a seat, space. No, it's it's a
0: rock <laughs> concept album, but from what I'm told, their future yeah. albums go proggier, according to most critical reception mm. I saw. This is the weird transitional album.
1: Right. Okay.
4: And we are experts in weird transitional stuff. It's true.
2: I gotta say, at this point, I had just gotten out of a nine plus minute song and I thought to myself you know what no I'm not doing that again I'm listening to this at two times speed I don't care it's the last song on the album it's a bonus track it sounds pretty good at two times speed <laughs> don't know what it sounds like normally but I was happy with what it was sped up
4: and that's valid I think we're done. Is there anything about the lore of the song? No, this is just reprises from the prior album. Okay. Uh, Do you want to talk to us how the graphic novel ends, uh,
1: Sam? Okay, well, I will say that the lyrics for this song, if anybody has looked at them, are extremely depressing.
0: Yeah, Um, I mentioned it early in the the
1: prior episode, I think, but
0: uh, 2113 is the time on the clock when Coheed murders two of his children by more.
1: Yeah, so there's a lot of, uh, please, mum, they're coming for me, run, lock the door, when I fall asleep, your face is all I see, please, mama, etc., etc. So, uh, you know, we get a nice little look at the two children, the two main characters, um, or prior main characters. I don't think they uh, were main, I, the two characters. Where. Yeah, I guess, I guess. Um, uh, fair. Uh, but yeah, that's about it, it's just, it's just like, hey, remember the infanticide? Okay. Here
2: you go, <laughs> you end. needed to remember that again.
1: Yes, yes. Just remind you real quick. <laughs> that is sure a thing that dude wrote. Remember that; mm-hmm. it's important. Um, now, I'm I'm very curious about what uh, Sybil has to say about the. the I want the to know how the, this.
4: I want to know how the graphic novel ends, though.
1: Oh the, yes, of course. Um, honestly, it's very boring. I mean, like Ryan, who has not shown up in this whatsoever, who is basically just, you know, the Emperor from Star Wars, except he's blue. Um, He's like, ah, I've tricked you into thinking I'm executed, but actually I'm alive in a very obvious twist that (laughs) is painfully... Somehow the Emperor has returned. (laughs) I mean, you're right. That's literally it, honestly. um and then they uh and then he's like haha i'm evil and then the good guys are like we should all gather in one place to attack him and then we cut back the emperor emperor's going like i hope they all gather in this one place to attack me and then they all gather in one place and uh and then it turns out that the big ominous tower that he's been uh sitting in this whole time uh is actually the finger of a giant hand the hand of a giant mech and the whole planet is sort of a mech, or at least there's a very large mech in the planet. Uh, and at this point, Claudio has got like straight up like godlike superhero powers. He's been chosen as the crowned, uh, and so now he's just sort of like doing like uh, Green Lantern energy blasts and shit and creating barriers and whatnot. Uh, the big the big robot shoots at the rebels, um, but uh, Claudio stops the big sort of laser shot and bounces it back and it's, we, I don't know if that means he destroyed the robot or not because for whatever reason they keep it they, they just sort of end it on that shot and then them escaping safely and I'm like, did you destroy the robot? What happened? What happened, look, what happened look, when you shot back at them? Look,
4: Drawing, a, a, drawing a dead robot is hard <laughs> and uh, I don't think I don't think Claudio the I don't think Claudio the Finger was paying the artist enough to draw a dead <laughs> so- robot So <laughs> Why funny you say that, because uh, okay. let's get to the aftermath. <laughs> okay, um, before we go to the aftermath, final thoughts. There's going to be a song here, and then final thoughts.
3: Same song, different chorus. It's stupid, contagious, to be broken, famous, can someone please save us from Pop Rock 101?
4: This is fine... Like there's so much awful shit that I'm discovering about the Lord that makes me really, really, really uncomfortable with whatever this project is. But musically, this is okay. There are a couple of really good pop songs and a bunch of middling sort of alt rock post hardcore semi proggy songs. It's fine. It's listenable. There are a good a couple of tracks that I like. Uh, Blood Red Summer. I think it's a very good song. Again, musically, the lore that we're discovering is traumatizing me, but it's fine. (laughs) I have a lot of trauma already, I can take more. It's fine. I'm alright. Final thoughts? Anyone? I
2: don't think you could pay me to listen to something like this again.
4: (laughs) And we don't pay you. (laughs) let's not do more of this.
1: Mm. I'm, I'm with you on that, Adam. I, um... This was a singularly unthrilling experience. Um, some of these songs have sort of clawed their way up to sort of mediocrity, uh, but none of them have had any lasting effect on me on the implications of their narrative. Um, so it's like I, I it, that was sure fifty minutes of instruments making noises, uh, and I would love. Do we do not a power metal
2: bonus episode? That would be fun
1: please i like power metal oh.
4: Fennel, i mean you still have an a uh, uh, episode one of episodes that you can choose
2: hmm. adam i'll think
4: on it we we did give you a we did give you a wild card <laughs> Fennel, i i'm very torn because this is
0: not good prog rock this is terrible pop punk although the singles are pretty solid it's all okay at worst is the problem But it doesn't really have any highs. It's all just close, just on the verge to my tastes. And this entire album, especially once I wrap the lore in, feels like a monkey's paw version of what a teenage me would have asked for. Yeah, I want a big sci-fi prog rock concept album. Okay, congrats, you get watered down dream theater. Um... You want it to be sci-fi, but have some religious overtones. Okay, uh, this is not going to be Xenosaga good. It... Everything about this feels like a genie is warping what I'm trying to describe as my perfect record. And so it... It's not terrible, writing aside. It's... It's irritating because... Multiple times I said on this, it's so close to being a thing I like. I like what they're doing here, but they don't go into it. But I can't damn it.
4: Yeah. I I, I don't hate this record. I think musically, I I can enjoy it. It's not the best, but it's a solid three out of five for me. And also, after learning about the lore of this, I will never complain anymore about Casey Crescenzo from the mountain, from the... The Deer Hunter being like enjoying uh, Bioshock Infinite. There are way worse sin for a prog rock person to have, and writing any of this lore, it's one of those things. Yeah, this is like if if you like The Deer Hunter, you might enjoy this, but in a wow, this is way worse kind of way. Listen to The Deer Hunter, they're good, They they're, they get. Uh, they get pretty good musically. They they have a very good evolution from the uh, bass sound that's similar but not quite to this. And there's no graphic novels with um weird ten-year-olds robots and racist shit in it. Um, the dear the dear hunter is just about World War One. <sighs> Are we done? Can we go to the aftermath? Sybil, I'm gonna just sit back and let you, let you go ham on this. This is your 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 episode. This is your two episodes. This is your character arc here. Um, go for it.
0: Okay. So, this is the only Coheed album we will be covering, thanks to Rate Your Music's tagging. So, as a result, we're going to look at how things went for the band after Silent Earth, Colon 3. The group transitions out of their half-post-hardcore state to full-ass prog rock with their next album, a split finale to the first tetralogy of their Amory War story, Good Apollo, I'm Burning Star 4, Volume 1, from Fear Through the Eyes of Madness. It is their most successful album to date, and that is the last time I will go into that much proper noun density for the rest of this discussion. What we need to discuss is that from Good Apollo onwards, the band are going to revive that comic I mentioned earlier. It has a lot of rocky beginnings because it keeps coming out and then halting abruptly as it tries to adapt these early albums. And I did misspeak. They did get all of the Silent Earth graphic novel out in one go. However, both the comics for... Second Stage, Blade, Turbine, and the first part of I'm I'm Burning Star 4 need to be stopped and restarted because... And where I have a lot of tabs open because there's a lot of wikis about this. <laughs> there is a lot oh,
4: no. of everything about this.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it turns out that Good Apollo, I'm Burning Star, etc., etc., Volume 1 is written by Claudio Sanchez, illustrated by Christopher Shye, published by Evil Inc. Comics, and then that just stops abruptly over what is supposed to be monetary issues. So in 2017, 12 years later, they reboot it with Sanchez's wife added as a writer, Rags Morales comes on as an artist and a different colorist, and then this becomes the ultimate edition of that story. But, Here's the thing: Good Apollo, I'm Burning Star, both parts are the end of the original arc of the Amory Wars. These comics are kind of the only way that you actually get any explanation for whatever rough draft the albums are. So, for 12 years, people had a half-finished version of this album story that then got changed around. Fifteen years after its release, there is still no second good Apollo comic, which Claudio Sanchez keeps saying, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. They've put out an entire second series of albums starting a new saga in this universe, but we don't know how it links up to the first one, and they've started just adding novels in on the same day as the actual albums come out instead of doing comics. So this whole thing has to have, uh, let me find out, I believe it was, yeah, there we go, 352-page novels describing the prequel Year of the Black Rainbow, or multiple albums co-written by Peter David for The Afterman Saga, which is technically not the Wars. But it's also the opening to the Omri Wars, where the guy named Omri is in. But it's not canon.
1: Mm. Uh, uh,
0: He's a scientist who just, like, goes into the keywork and is trying to figure out what happened there. But it's not canon canon. Anyway, Good Apollo uh, on Burning Star 4 is the story of where the writer, the guy who is putting together all of the story of the companions in a fictional story is starting to have a mental breakdown where his 10-speed bicycle becomes the devil on his shoulder, and he decides that he has to kill off all of the characters who are reminiscent of his former lover, like Lucy, or Ambelina, or, uh, it turns out that Claudio's ex actually gets to live, Niwo. She's fine. She doesn't come back. But the end of that story is that the writer comes into the story... Sick of writing this whole thing, literally. He's sick of writing the entire Armory Wars, and so he just murders Ambolina, tells Claudio, "Fuck you, you're the crowing. Go do it." And then we don't know how the actual story of the crowing ends, or what happens to the galaxy.
1: Well, that's great. Can I um can I make a, make a little mm-hmm. addition here, by mm-hmm. the way, because I, I I have been as you've been telling me this, um, I have been skipping through the good Apollo, blah blah blah. Um, and I want to just make a note that one of the first introductions we have to uh, to the writer is when uh, Claudio has like a nightmare at the same time as the novelist does uh, and accidentally stabs through the palm of his hand with a nail. Oh, no. So now they are both two bearded, long-haired men with uh, stigmata. Just, to, just wanted to throw it in there, you know. <laughs> Yep. Oh, how is this more jesus than Reliant work.
4: K? We literally <laughs> this is right. we've literally this did is. the chief of pop-punk band and did more jesus I think me. if
2: Reliant K had done that, that would have been, like, sort of blasphemous. Um,
0: But
4: also, <laughs> I think Reliant K wouldn't have tried to be grimdome. They would have tried to be hopeful. They would have made a 2000 sex comedy without the sex.
0: Reliant K could be a little judgy. But they were also generally positive
4: people. Mm-hmm. Then there's this. It's I, I would I would rather hang out with the members of Reliant K than anyone involved in this lore. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yikes. Everything is a
0: yikes. It's just so wild to me that this original saga is so broken because it starts rewriting itself. And openly contradicting itself because it's like, well, I stopped, someone stopped paying someone, so the book just ended, so we gotta do it again. No one ever says where the financial problems come from. I don't know if these books were being paid for by Sanchez's album money, if there was some deal with a label that ended up making them cut off abruptly, whatever happened. But multiple times, twice over, they start writing, stop writing, redo the whole thing again a decade later. And so this is a mess in a way that it's really hard to, s- to... Oh, also, we mentioned that uh, there are mages and they stop mattering. That's because Ryan is a mage, one of 12, and then he pits all the mages against each other and swallows their souls so he becomes the Supreme Tri-Mage. And then the mages stop mattering. Does the Supreme Tri- Does the Supreme Tri-Mage do anything after that? Um, He does actually show up through the rest of Burning Star Volume 1 where he's like, oh yeah, Claudio is the Crowing, but there's a guy bigger than the Crowing who is God, the writer, who I have said openly that I'm going to like kill and take over reality from but then the writer ends the whole story by coming in, showing up, fucking up Claudio, killing Ambelina, and leaving. So it's just Claudio and Ryan on a doomed planet. And that's where the story stops. Wow.
2: That's so boring. <laughs> it's
0: deeply, deeply, deeply I'm convinced boring. that the reason... That they've gone on and started a second story, and it's after a giant time skip with an unclear connection to the first one. Is that no one in the writing wants to actually lock down what has happened in that period, in the 15 years since the album came out. Because they can't write a conclusion that will satisfy anyone. I
4: mean...
1: Yeah. I would have a hard time imagining the,
4: the problem with that interpretation is that I don't think they could write a beginning and middle of a story that could satisfy everyone, not just the conclusion. Well, here's the problem.
0: Yeah. When you write a work like this that has devoted fans who get very discussion-y and start coming up with theories, you have to have something ready quickly or it will get out of your control. Because... Fifteen years of theories and interpretations of that album have come out now in discussion on Reddit, web forums, social media. I don't think you can unify all those groups who believe in one tack or another in a way that's not going to piss off swaths of this fanbase. It's gotten away from him. And God help this dude, if he starts another series... Gets two issues
4: in and stops paying. I mean, he's doing novellas now, so he doesn't have to pay a artist. Well, you know, apparently
0: there's a new comic that's when they just released an album this year. Supposedly, we're getting that Burning Star Four Volume Two. Okay, okay. Who knows? <sighs> Is there anything else on the aftermath? That's it. Like, that's it. They continue going on. They, every work with one single and Cambria album as exception that this guy has done ever since these comics started is all tied into this. His side project is the Isekai tale of Inferno. His books, his novels, every connection he makes in the industry seems to just be expanding this lore. He—there's just one album, one album about, hey, I'm a dad now, and they just wrote some songs. And that's it. It, As far as anyone can tell, it doesn't tie into the Amory Wars. It's not a secret backdoor pile. It's just like, hey, y'all, we write some songs sometimes, and they're not about Jesus or Buddha or anything. They're just about, do you ever notice the people around you? And it's like, yeah, man, we do.
4: We should have done that from the start. You could have saved us these two episodes. Um, do you have a summary of the new, <laughs> the new series?
0: <laughs> um, so it clearly takes place after whatever the closing of the Crowing Saga is. Whatever happened to Heaven's Fence, all these planets linked together, they seem to have become a prison colony for different aliens unknown amount of time in the future maybe this means he scoured everything maybe this means he only left the the good ones i don't know but we're following a whole new arc at that point in time the new stuff is called vaxis act one and vaxis act two
1: well, that's better than like Vaxist Moon Dream Second Time Prison Four. Well,
0: they do have subtitles. It's uh, Act One: The Unheavenly Creatures, and Act Two: A
4: Window of the Waking Mind. Does that does that mean that since we don't like this band, we're anti-Vaxist? Hey, fun story about that.
0: You know how many times I've said that this <laughs> time. So, this was the new album that came out this year. Was being written in 2020 and they had a loose concept of the story, and this is an actual story from interviews. There was a song we began called Hallelujah Quarantine in September 2019, themed around an organization that misused voluntary quarantines. In our world, they were just kind of like a festival, and they'd steal from people. They got used as, like, blood banks. And it seemed harmless, but then they canceled this instantly as soon as anti-vax protests happened. So... That is not on the final tracks.
4: Okay. There's at least one thing that they are not awful about. Good. Yeah. Good. Good.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry. I I need to draw attention to the fact that as I was scrolling through this fucking comic, I found a a fucking image of Claudio saying, I'm Burning Star IV. Yeah,
0: that's it. I'm Burning Star four. That's his final words. Are the title of the next two
1: albums? Yeah. Good Apollo, he says to a dog. I'm Burning Star Four, and then he just blows up a thing. Like this.
2: See the fact that he verbally says IV instead of four.
0: It just... Maybe it is supposed to be IV. I'm just
4: presuming. <laughs> I'm Burning I, Star. If. You know, you know what's really, you know what's really good. That's that's a meme. That's a Twitter meme. It, the it the character goes, "I," and then he said, "I am the Star Wars." That, <laughs>
1: it's a meme. I, 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 I would like lo- I, I feel like this needs to be like a. <laughs> like I just fucking love <laughs> this image <thing> so much.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm burning stuff for. I,
4: I, I, I don't know what real uh, anymore. You.
1: No. You, you, how do I?
4: I. Are we done,
0: Sybil? We're done. Do I, have I anything, have yeah? nothing more. I'm not. Listening to it, uh, apparently the new series is going to be a quintet, according to any interviews about Vaxus. So, uh, let's see which finishes first: the Amory Wars Part Two, Vaxus, or the Proto Men finally finishing that third fucking album. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs>
4: Let's go to the ending bit. I don't know what we're doing next week. I don't care. I think I may need a week to recover from whatever we've done today.
0: That's fine. We just bounced <laughs> two. I believe next we, up we, is... We, we, we. Did we do Billy Talent yet? I don't think we did Billy Talent.
4: No, but we need to figure out when Alex can come for that one. Then maybe it's saves okay, the day let's... in River. <clears throat> I don't care. Let's go to the <laughs> ending bit. So this was a series of episodes, and we are go to our website because I don't know how much time we have on this planet and uh, I would like you to remember us how we are on our website um, Adam is a frog on the website so remember him yeah. on that it's getoutofthistown.com.
1: yeah go go to that website before all the dragonflies show up mm-hmm. Um, and then this whole place becomes sound.
4: Is it a frog or a toad, Adam? It's
2: a toad.
4: On your avatar? Okay, I still... We don't have two different words from them in Italian. (sighs) Look, we've recorded this thing. It was long, and... We all... (laughs) We all had a good time. So go on Apple Podcast and leave us a review... Please, we beg you. We're, if you leave us a review, we'll stop. We'll stop. If
2: enough people we'll just stop.
4: leave <laughs> reviews, I will get a fucking Twitter. Yeah, okay, that's good. That's good. Adam can get a Twitter and then can like my tweets. That's that's good. Um. Do you have anything to plug, Sibyl? You can find all of my works for this project and others at hellscaper.com. Do you have anything to
1: plug, Sam? Yeah, check out my Twitter at uh, Millstab. Uh, I post nothing of interest.
4: Do you have any? But you know. Do you have anything to plug, Adam? Never. And I'm as always on Twitter at AccTheMoon, and we do not have a Patreon. But if you want to support us, please pay for my therapy. Have a good day, everyone. Bye. You didn't even do the research. See ya i don't I don't ca- you do a JRPG podcast you can handle this you're fine <laughs>
3: goodbye <everyone>. <laughs> <laughs> well, time to stick around I'll catch my like pop, I'll get, get out of this town what's on your mind there's no point left to keep your image down let's terrify i have